Welcome to the Voice of the Millennials with myself, Yasin Kipi. Uh, earlier on, we spoke to Mulan Abdurrahman Khan about the Habaib and if descendants of the Prophet Muhammad exist. And um, the conclusion that he came to with his arguments was that the Habaib was scholars among the descendants of Rasulullah from the valley of Hadramaut in Yemen. And uh, now we turn to a very important topic, and it was International Women's Day yesterday. And uh, this is a topic that is often spoken about. Um, you know, during 12 days of activism, but also importantly, um, throughout the year and International Women's Day highlights the importance to of, of, of both women and men um, in our own context to question our own assumptions about um, the realities of, of gender-based violence in our community and especially in the South African Muslim community. Later on, we'll talk to Siobhan Davids about the upcoming Israeli Apartheid Week and that will be taking place next week. Um, but for now, we're joined in studio by uh, three very special women. Um, that is Aisha Hamdulay, Ali Avayez, as well as Warda Wilkinson. Uh, assalamu alaikum to all of you. So Aisha Hamdulay is a recent graduate uh, from UCT, um, holding a bachelor's of social science in environmental and geographical science and international relations, and she's currently doing her honours in justice and transformation. Uh, Aisha is an astute creative who, during her days at UCT, served on the executive committee of the MSA, first as event manager and later as vice chairperson. Alevais is um, also a student who's seen her final year. So politics, sociology and history um, uh, she believes that social justice education is important not only to unlock the process of changing perspectives on local and international issues but also to facilitate the creation of solutions. She's also the executive member for current affairs at UCT's MSA and we have Warta Wilkinson She's uh, of course a law student and a a journalist um, who we know uh, quite well at uh, The Voice of the Cape um, if we can start with uh, the topic, and I don't, I don't want to get too intense um, throughout the, the discussion, but uh, if we can s- start with just a definition of what you feel gender-based violence is, um, and uh, perhaps if you can tie it in with, um, in terms of the Muslim community, we can start with you, Aisha, alhamdulillah. Assalamualaikum. So my understanding of gender-based violence is obviously violence against um mostly females because that is where most violence is experienced not excluding males from that equation um gender-based violence in any context whether the muslim community or not would be um unfair i mean when is violence ever fair mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but yeah just i mean basic definition that violence against um against anyone uh, based on the gender mm-hmm. and dynamics of 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 things that affect that relationship of gender, patriarchy, misogyny, um, how feminism ties into that. Um, yeah, that's my understanding of that. 
So, I mean, there's various um, types of gender-based violence that we do have. Um, domestic violence is definitely one. Um, you know, relationship violence, um, whether that's pre, pre, um, you know, ceremonial or post-ceremonial. Um, and uh, then, of course, something that I've been looking at um, recently, and I, I did a investigation into this, and, and we played it recently on the Voice of the Cape, was the um, gender-based violence um, with regards to converts to Islam, and uh, and I found that it was definitely females who were treated way worse than the male counterparts in terms of conversion converts or reverts to Islam. Um, how do you assess the current, you know, climate of, of, of gender-based violence in South Africa? Um, are we on a good um, trajectory or not, Alia? I think before I answer, I want to hone in on what you're saying. Um, in terms of gender-based violence is, is such a big buzzword at the moment with current mm-hmm. affairs taking its rise, especially on social media. But I think what's very important is to understand as a community, whether Muslim or, or further, mm-hmm. um, the the emphasis on violence is not only being physical. It, that's, what, that's the first thing that comes to mind. And I mean, there's more than enough evidence um, to back that up. But understanding that violence, like Aisha said, it doesn't only have to be between uh, males and females, female on female, verbal, physical, emotional, um, <coughs> violence ranges. So I think right now as a community and in South Africa, we're, we're not, I don't think we're cognizant enough of the various types of violence that people are facing on a mm. daily basis, whether it's your standard cat calling in the street or mm. whether it's, you know, what people are speaking about behind closed doors. Mm. Um, yeah, so I think as a community, that education first needs to set in as to what violence is, which genders are we talking about, between who and how this violence is being perpetrated in order to understand it. Also. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I just want to bring in the notion of structural violence as well, which mm-hmm. is which is sort of systemic violence and um, a, sy- a system that is violent against mm-hmm. women or a system mm-hmm. that is violent against a particular group, which is something that a lot of people don't understand. So if you're looking at it broadly, how is a system violent to mm-hmm. a woman? Mm-hmm. How does a system um, disempower a woman? And system meaning culture, meaning whether it's religion or, you know, institutions, the policies, uh, laws that are made in various uh, businesses, institutions, states, you know, families even. But uh, what do you say, what uh, I'm picking up is that oftentimes because of, like you said, the structural violence, people don't then realize that they are victims of violence, especially within Mm. their culture. I mean, in our culture, we often sort of um, cannot distinguish between religious Mm. roles and a cultural role. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then that automatically leads to women being and males becoming victims of violence definitely that's one of the that's one for me that's one of the biggest problems leading to and i wouldn't just just um narrow it down to gender-based violence but i mean a lot of violence in general um is especially in islam um relates to this misunderstanding between culture and religion mm-hmm. and misunderstanding that your culture is not your religion and um yeah, misunderstanding that your culture but is not your religion. I think oftentimes what happens is the fact that people don't know how to differentiate the difference. And because of the lack of education, people mm-hmm. interpret religion mm-hmm. 
as the mm. culture, uh, culture as the religion, and that leads to the violence. Mm-hmm. And even so, I was going to say the importance of education because if I can take it as far as to saying, knowing what are your rights, whether mm. you're in a culture, religious space of any kind, knowing whether you where your rights lie and who, um, and and the responsibility you have with those rights to enforce them in whatever way you feel is necessary necessary mm. in a violent or potentially violent situation, and that's mm. where. I think the crux of the issue lies in education. Mm-hmm. Culture sometimes blinds you. Familial traditions blinds you to, you know, this is being repeated so often. My mm-hmm. mother did it. My grandmother did it. So it, it's it's so normalized. Well, that's certainly something that I definitely picked up uh, throughout high school and university. Uh, many people have said that, in fact, it was family um, who had committed either, you know, molestation or other acts of violence, whether physical or psychological as well. So we're talking about, you know, these various um, types of gender-based violence and the forms that we have, relational uh, violence and also structural violence. Uh, but let's focus on a particular, um, you know, focus, which is um, the, the Muslim community. And, um, you know, there's many myths that exist that, okay, you can't have gender-based violence in certain spheres. Um, mm-hmm. The Me Too movement mm-hmm. created a, you know, to question our assumptions about those in power. Mm-hmm. And especially, um, you know, we've seen uh, certain Muslim leaders also being questioned about that um, mm-hmm. without mentioning any names. Um, and I don't know what you be, what you believe about that because um, um, I've spoken to certain, uh, you know, leading uh, people and, uh, and certain scholars as well. Say let's not name and shame before we have all the facts, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there is, you know, this assumption that I'm the sheikh, I'm the sheikh, or you know, usually it's the sheikh, right? There's no mm-hmm. accounts of women um, leaders uh, who have done this, but um, going to conferences and um, really abusing their relationship with those students um, mm-hmm. who see them as 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 as, as, as simply platonic or religious and um, what do you what's your opinion on that um, we can sort of Aisha again um, so I'm actually gonna I'm, I'm gonna approach the issue of, of marital rape um, mm-hmm. I'm not a scholar right mm-hmm. but these these are one of the myths that you're talking about that we people misunderstand and and you know can you can you eat your wife can is marital rape allowed in Islam now I'm not going to say I'm not a scholar and I'm not gonna say yes or no what I will say is for me my understanding of rape is universal. Rape is sexual intercourse without consent. And for me, in any context, um, uh, intercourse without consent is wrong. And whether, um, whether it's within a Muslim marriage and the argument of, um, you know, the, the wife must, the wife must if, if the husband wants intercourse, the wife has to oblige. Mm-hmm. Um, Islam, at the same time, is a religion that does not advocate for violence. And if you are using violence mm-hmm. to obtain mm-hmm. your sexual intercourse and, and arguing that that is your right, then in, in my opinion, um, that, is not, that is not right. Rape is, still, rape is rape in whichever context it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and to bring another point into it, um, if a woman refuses um, sexual intercourse, then, and the man uses the excuse that this is my right and I'm just going to do it now, then that if she refuses he must this is my opinion that mm-hmm. he should leave her and that sin if he thinks it's a sin is between her and Allah it's not on him to say I'm forcing myself on you now because this is my right absolutely and uh, we have to break for ads uh, and uh, uh, just one point on that of course um, we know that 
in terms of the Sharia, it's quite clear that the Prophet never ever lifted his hand. And when we talk about opinions about these things, and often that, oh, a man can lift his hand to his wife, uh, or, you know, that's the right. Those are issues of fiqh. And fiqh and Sharia are different. Fiqh is the human understanding of that, and it can be right and can be wrong. And so, um, uh, just a reminder to the listeners, uh, if you want to join the discussion, you can call us uh, 021-442-3530 or WhatsApp us on 072-238-0712. I want to hear young people's perspectives and perhaps your your opinion on solutions to gender-based violence. So let's take a break. Voice of the Millennials with Yasin Kipi, igniting the youth. Welcome back to the Voice of the Millennials, uh, the youth show uh, for millennials. Uh, we talk about different topics and uh, very important topics as such. And we're talking about gender-based violence in the Muslim community and the South African Muslim community. But we're starting with definitions and uh, questioning our assumptions. Uh, and we have Aisha Hamdulay, um, uh, Alia Vayez and Warta Wilkinson in studio. Islam is meant to be taken as a whole. That's what you're saying, Aisha. Yes. So just to bring it back to issues of, for example, marital rape and, and violence in marriage and stuff like that. I think it's really important that we must understand that our knowledge must be holistic. Our mm. knowledge mm-hmm. can't be one-sided, you know. Yes. And if we are quoting um, hadith or Quran and any Islamic text where we are saying, no, but I'm allowed to eat my wife or um, my wife must give me sexual intercourse and I don't need to ask her permission, then at the mm-hmm. same time, we need to consider the hadith that say the best of men are those who treat their wives yes. with kindness. We need to consider that the basis of Islam is peace and yep. peace does not advocate for violence. So we have to look at, at our, we have to form our opinions holistically and not just um, look at the side that's going to benefit or yeah. What do you think, Orta? Yes, and uh, coming back to that, we often forget that, like you said, Islam is a religion of peace. But we often say we follow Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But do we really? Like <coughs> you said, Islam is a religion of peace. He was the best to his wives. He was a man of exactly. compassion. He was peaceful. He was a leader. And how can we say that we are Muslims and we are following him, but we're not fo- imitating? imitating his example of how he treated his family and that's why I'd, I'd want to I'd want to hone in on on education as a huge factor as this because I mean time and time again you see in the media people take certain parts of the Quran certain hadiths um, you know certain religious uh, texts and and manipulate them you know to their own benefit and it's understanding that um, these hadiths are translated in different ways and it's it's looking and holding our religious leaders accountable to the fact that you're sending out a message to all the people that are sitting in your Juma lecture, in your you know Saturday night class, and um, and understanding that as a youth we have a role to undo things that we believe that aren't okay, mm. and our job as having the privilege of education is to understand it, go deeper into it, saying let's question what we see in our home and what we're taught, yeah. as 
perhaps two different things and why are they different? Mm. Now, it's certainly, um, there are cultural aspects to this. And there's, um, you know, there was this horrible uh, story that came out of North Africa and certain Arab uh, states within uh, North Africa that said, um, uh, you know, this one man saw, a foreigner saw um, a man uh, who smacked his wife. Um, and um, when the man approached, the wife said, no, don't come close to me. Um, and there was another lady at... I don't want to say the nationality, but from North Africa, who said that um, if my wife doesn't beat me, I'm sorry, if my husband doesn't beat me, then he's not a man. And so that's a cultural wow. approach that yes. certain people do have. But and that's like, that is true, and that's fisted, you know, through uh, perhaps um, you know the upbringing of seeing that at home and that being you know, the norm. Uh, but when it comes to religious institutions, um, there we have, you know, and I mean, we personally have seen that, um, you know, it's the right of the the the, the, the man for to, to to have that connection, to have sexual intercourse from 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 the wife, um, you know, um, without any um, conditions to that. Um, what do you think, Ali? Well, I think this speaks to the biggest. A social uh, media movement that we've seen recently yeah. besides Me Too but men are trash understanding that men inherently have the sense of patriarchy and I generalize because this is the majority experience whether it's you know and that's not only the part of the man that's also part of the female that normalizes it in her own behavior yes. so I don't absolve women of guilt at mm -hmm. all in this situation <clears throat> I definitely think you know there are victims and there are perpetrators yes. but uh, but m men themselves need to understand that there's this inherent whether it's religious whether it's historical whether it's cultural yeah. belief of power where he exerts himself in whichever way possible like we spoke earlier about various kinds of violence over the women mm. uh, I want to bring it back to the point that Ali touched on about about patriarchy and mm -hmm. for me um, you know patriarchy always has this negative connotation to it and for me, if you look at Islam, Islam is in many ways inherently a patriarchal religion. And that's not necessarily always a bad thing. So for me, we need to differentiate what I would term it myself as negative patriarchy. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't say positive patriarchy, but patriarchy that, <laughs> yes. yeah, that's constructive. <laughs> but negative patriarchy is when, uh, when patriarchy that disempowers women, that mm -hmm. that um, belittles women, that that, that shuts them out and oppresses them, and we need to make that <coughs> we need to make that distinction because, um, you know, it's like patriarchy and feminism. All these buzzwords go together, and there's often this, especially when you're a social science student, and you know, mm -hmm. you'll get a lot of people in the Muslim community. Oh, she's a feminist. Um, exactly. Oh, she's yes. you know, it's like this bad connotation because she just is just absolute about. You know, um, patriarchy is bad, and, and you know she's like a modern. No, yeah, yeah. No, those things definitely come from a patriarchal um, perspective. And I mean, I've spoken to um, you know Muslim men and and, and males about, um, and I differ between men and males because some uh, males are not men. Um, <laughs> but when, when I ask them, what do you think about men are trash? And they say, well, not all men, certainly. Oh, well, the problem with that, yes. the problem that I that I see is that um, if you're going to say, oh, not all men, then you are missing the point that any hashtag has a context behind mm -hmm. that. We, uh, yes. Same like the Black Panther movie, when white people had a problem with that. Well, certainly uh, one put one comment on YouTube said, well, what if we made an all-white movie? Well, that has certainly taken <laughs> place before. But the problem uh, is you're not understanding the colonial <laughs> the colonial context, context behind that it. comes from that. And that's what I'm saying in terms of when you look at Men Are Trash or when you look at Time's Up, Me Too, all of these things, and even the buzzwords Aisha was mentioning, is that we have to understand these are all platforms that have come 
out of various uh, sort of points of desperation from various mm. genders or groups yes. that are being consistently uh, uh, violated or oppressed in any way. And that's what I'm saying, especially in the religious community here in South Africa. I think as a community, we're lacking a space, a platform, a mechanism for mm. women to use, to come up or even, I mean, I don't want to only hone in on women. But um, any gender to come up and say, hi, you know, I'm experiencing violence of any kind and this is a safe space that I'm being welcomed into. Perhaps not rehabilitation, but safe enough for expression and knowing how to express myself. But oftentimes people are not, it's not, uh, not that easy to come out because we come from, like we said earlier, a, uh, inherited value and rather yes. we are taught mm-hmm. that 100%. as a man, we need to be in power. So how do I come out and say that no. I'm in an abusive relationship with my wife? No. Yep. Or as a woman, how do I come out and say that my husband is abusive? In different forms. Hmm. Without more stigma, especially. Yeah, exactly. yes. More than that, the stigma that's associated with that. I personally know people mm-hmm. who, have, who have been raped and who have been abused, yeah. but mm-hmm. there's no way that they're going to speak out about yes. this because of the stigma that is attached. Yes, that is another problem. The, 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 we need to somehow have a platform for that. I mean, previously, uh, sometime earlier in last month, I had unfortunately had to call someone to find out about a story where a grandfather had raped six of his grandchildren and the family then had gone to the extent where they wanted to cover it up because they were too afraid of what the community would say they the iman was then questioned mm-hmm. because of the fact that they wanted to come out and it's this whole concept of uh, again like stigma but also you know that old you know kitchen lady talk over tea of, of damaged goods yep. yes once yes. you and then you know there's questions about how is she going to get married exactly, now yes, these are the things that are through young girls minds who who is going to want to marry me now it's going to be oh shame well, like, what's my backup know? plan and then your family's also com- compromised in that as well not only your religion so we, we've looked at the situation that you gender-based violence in all of its various forms, physically, um, you know, psychologically, pre-ceremonial relationships and post-ceremonial relationships, online shaming, etc. All of these various things are reality. Um, then we've seen, you know, trash hashtags, we've seen the Me Too movement, we've seen uh, Time's Up, but then we question it as Muslims, uh, you know. Uh, and I was quite happy when um, Sheikh Ibrahim Gabriel, the former president of the MJC, Muslim Judicial Council, said we need a Me Too movement in the Muslim community in South Africa. Wow. I was quite happy when he said that. (laughs) The fact that he came out and spoke, uh, we spoke about it and Mm -hmm. we said that when I listened to the program where he was speaking about how badly it is in his community and why this movement is needed. And he also spoke about, uh, which I have so much respect for, was the fact that he said that in the community we have leaders who unfortunately lack that knowledge or they're trying to use these circumstances for their own benefit and that is why the Muslim community we in the Cape so badly need this and he was speaking about so many examples I I you know being the the sort of scholar that I see myself as I have to critique it and say why did it take a man especially a, a, a religious leader who is male to come out and say this do you know what I'm saying? I, I'm not, a, a, you know, disregarding all the work women do in their own capacity to sort of fight the violence they face or empower other women. But 
as a community we have to realize it doesn't take one leader to come out and do this it's it's a it's a communal effort that it's a culture that we need to foster amongst one I mean, another yes. i've certainly heard yes. women um, you know <coughs> and including women scholars who have studied both islam and also the social sciences have said that but unfortunately their voices were not silenced you know yeah yes. they were silenced, silenced. Yes. um and so the question now you know that i'd like to ask each of you is um when it comes to our approach to gender-based violence and the, all of these other hashtags um, how should we approach from the Islamic perspective because if we accept the gender um, arguments that come from a mod- secular modernist mind frame um, that is dominating the current mm-hmm. MeToo movement uh, then we'll see real inequalities in the Sharia because mm-hmm. those are um, it's, you're seeing it from the eyes of the outward and and one of the um, you know, equality is important and uh, oftentimes especially in the, in, in the modern world equality of pay is important because of the fact that um, roles in terms of uh, you know upbringing of children and all of these things are Pretty, pretty much the same, um, mm-hmm. you know. With, with, with it's like a curb belt, a few exceptions. Um, but we, we've seen that, um, for example, just in the Olympics in, in Rio de Janeiro, um, one woman, you know, uh, dunked a basketball uh, playing with men, and it was there was a craze. Whereas thousands of men do that every day. And so when there's the quality of the outward, everyone's happy. Mm-hmm. What for me, what Islam does provide is equality of the inward. Yes. Um, which, uh, no, sorry, uh, what it does provide is, mm-hmm. yeah, is this competition I- in the inward. Um, and and, and um, that's an important um, distinction to make. Um, we have differences in the outward and we have to accept mm-hmm. that. Um, but how do you think we should approach that from, from an Islamic perspective? Look for me. I always, I always, um, I always bring it back to this when I speak about these issues. Is that for me, education, like Alia mm-hmm. mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. this is honestly the crux of everything. But who is education, you know? But regardless of what education yeah. you are receiving, regardless of what education you are seeking, we need to instill this culture of critical knowledge seeking. Mm-hmm. We cannot mm-hmm. assume that what somebody is standing in front of me and teaching. It's that it's is right and it's you need to critically way. assess the knowledge that you are yes. taking mm-hmm. in. You need to question that knowledge. And if something doesn't sound right to you, you need to question that and find out like I said, knowledge is holistic. There's not just one there's not just one opinion, there's not just one way of looking at things. And especially with Islamic knowledge, we mm-hmm. cannot um, we cannot assume that this class that I'm going to, this is the only opinion on this, and I just have to listen mm-hmm. to what this imam mm-hmm. or the scholar yes. or the sheikh is saying because he is educated, and I'm not taking away that, that I'm not saying that sheikhs are teaching or scholars are teaching us incorrectly. All I'm saying is go and find out what the next person is saying if something doesn't sound right to you. Question. And that is, we need to instill that culture within us and, and mm-hmm. within our community from a young age yes. in whatever knowledge we're seeking. And beyond that, I want to place emphasis on the importance of experiential knowledge. Mm-hmm. You don't have to read a book or listen to a sheikh or mm-hmm. an educated person to, to feel clever or to gain any sort of knowledge. Your experience is enough in a lot of contexts. It's knowing that, okay, perhaps my experience is different to what I'm being taught. So like I Aisha said, critical thinking, critical mm-hmm. skills and, and saying, but there's a difference here. What is that difference? Where am I? Place yourself into a context yeah. as not only a Muslim but as a human being, as a female, as you know, whichever sort of intersections of your identity you want to identify with. Um, but yeah, I would I definitely go go to what Aisha's saying and providing as a community for all, you know, genders, for all ages, understanding that we need 
to educate ourselves because I, f- I feel like that's the first point of call. Yes. Knowing what before knowing how. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, I want to emphasize the point that we must get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because nothing's going to change if you don't get comfortable with being uncomfortable. If, if I'm looking at myself and my own learning experiences, I had to ask hard questions yeah. to hard people. I ask my father hard questions. I ask... I, I had to gain the confidence to ask scholars who are teaching me. I, I ask the hard questions because yeah. if, you know, if you're you sitting don't in too well. Yes. Exactly. You're sitting in a class and this question is burning in everybody's mind, but everyone's too scared to ask it and you need to the, train yourself to be that person you know, that's going to ask the hard questions. The, the very important point, though, and, and a lot of the, um, you know, um, discomfort that arises from many leaders in the community um, is the ethics behind some of these questioning. So I, I know I'm not questioning your ethics, um, but a lot of the time when, like the decolonization movement, uh, I mean, I got chucked off the bus just for trying to go home because I didn't want to join the, the protest that day. Um, and a lot of the times when people ask questions, why don't you have an answer for me? Mm-hmm. Give the answer. Mm-hmm. What are you? Well, how do you know? Mm-hmm. Right? I'm a, I am studied way. this deed. <laughs> and, uh, so, uh, yeah. But like they said, education is very important. But apart from education, you have to install that confidence in you. Yes. Because you need to, and also overcome mm. that concept where uh, you can't ask your elders. You cannot question things. Mm. You have to just accept mm. it. So, like you said, critical thinking. But ethics, as he just said now, is important. And education in every aspect. Mm. And I think what the, the confidence that you both talking about speaks very much to me about space it's the space Mm. we create and the space that each one of us contribute to whether you're walking in as a male and i have to sort of uh, you know tighten up my muscles as a female to Mm. to be on guard in any way but creating a safe space that allows for the expression that allows the hard questions to be told whether it's you know if it makes aisha feel more comfortable to be in an all-female space Mm. um you know speaking to a man through you know a screen type of thing it's it's allowing her that opportunity and giving her that safety and that confidence. I mean, baby steps, nothing's going to happen overnight. Yeah, just, yeah. just to also touch on that. I mean, it's not just you go and you know, like, I demand this answer. There's mm-hmm. a way to everything. Yes. There's a way mm-hmm. that you approach what you want to know. There's a way mm-hmm. that you approach whoever you are asking. There's a level of respect, respect. that needs to be maintained. Um, and there's different ways, you know, like, you don't have to put your hand up if you're in a class and ask that question. You mm-hmm. can write it down on paper. You can we, email somebody. Yes. We're talking to Ashhamdale Ali Avais and Warda Wilkinson about gender-based violence in the Muslim community, questioning assumptions and uh, tackling and uh, looking for solutions. But let's take a break and when we come back, we'll continue the discussion. So, to Lel Fiat. Voice of the Millennials. With Yasin Kipi. Igniting the youth. Assalamualaikum, welcome back to Voice of the Millennials and uh, we continue the discussion, the last segment of uh, this discussion on gender-based violence in the Muslim community and we're talking about creating spaces, um, you know, safe spaces within the religious um, in, in the religious environment um, that, um, you know, that will, 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 you know, eradicate all of these misconceptions and to have critical knowledge seeking and of course to have adab with that as well, to have etiquette and understanding the various 
um, um, realities of gender-based violence in the world. Um, let's just turn to, in our last segment, um, some practical tips that you might have for how women can... Um, you know, um, react positively and constructively um, to social situations um, where gender-based violence, or maybe not physical violence, but definitely patriarchy, uh, may occur. You know, some, I know women who have difficult times going on public transport. Um, you know, or just a, even even in lectures, for example. I can only sort of speak to my experience specifically in the professional environment when you're working with males mm-hmm. who are in, you know, leadership positions or you know your your general colleagues and I think for someone who you know uh, gets very sort of emotionally charged I I think what I would say to uh, to that situation is step aside that does not mean you're complicit in your own you know violation or oppression it means step aside take a moment for yourself and understand this point as first of all uh, as a moment for communication I mean for education sorry Mm -hmm. so understand that look you are yes you are being silenced in the situation but you have rights and in some sort of capacity whether it does unfortunately mean telling your next male colleague to say something to the to the oppressor in the situation or the perpetrator of violence but saying nevertheless that the the message I'm trying to get out there is is have a say in some way have that person know or have your environment be aware of the fact that this is happening because Awareness is the first step, I yes. believe. And then it comes to what your opinion, or at least I want to know what your opinion is about the role of men in, in this whole uh, situation, Aisha. Wow. <laughs> um, sure. Because so one of the things that she said was like, why, why does it take a man to come out? You know, and I also, you know, I mean, emphasize that point. This is, I guess, a whole other conversation on its mm-hmm. own. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it's not up to females to, to change men. Yeah. You know, um, it should be. It should start with men. You know, these like things like the Me Too campaign, um, men are trash. Those are things. I mean, campaigns like that essentially should be started by men. Mm-hmm. Men need to start taking the time yes. to understand what are women going on about. What am I doing? Mm-hmm. I need to look within myself. And it's it's, it's unfortunately it's it's a it's a culture that needs to be changed. And, and you know, it's not something we can say take practical step one, two, three, and four, and mm-hmm. then you changed, you know? Um, again, going back to education, but it's like there's this culture with a lot of a lot of young males, not only young males, I mean older males as well, mm-hmm. where it's, 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 it's a joke, you know? Um, yeah. You know, and, and if, if you listen to the conversations that well, the happen jokes, among some example, men, yes, where they say things to trigger you for, um, you know? And when a female does get upset about something that a male does or a cat call that he does or yeah. mm-hmm. a, hit on the, a hit on the ass and, and a woman gets upset about it and it's a joke for them um, and things like that yeah. like me need to start actually questioning and sitting down and thinking about their actions and yeah. the consequences and why women actually are upset by the things Final comment just from uh, you know each of you, Alia and uh, Warda. For Ali, Ali. Oh, so no, what I what I want to you know thank my university experience uh, for at this point is saying 
at UCTU, I, I sort of learned that you, it's not my job to educate you on how I'm being yeah. oppressed or how you are oppressing me. Mm-hmm. It is your responsibility, unfo- like, you know, unfortunately. I, you know, women, like Aisha said, women should not be taking the first step in this. We have to take a whole other path of self-liberation to recover from all these years of various forms of vi- uh, violence or oppression. We can't also be, you know, involved in uh, the undoing of a culture of the man. Mm-hmm. Mm. But I would disagree in that regard because I personally believe that silence means consent. Mm. So, and apart from that is we are the future generation. So we need to start by instilling those values in our siblings. uh, Young parents need to start teaching their sons and that Mm -hmm. and their daughters. Well, I certainly think those are complementary things and I think Islam uh, in a holistic way provides, which means uh, mind, body and soul and um, you know, um, Islam of the fiqh, um, Islam of aqidah, what we believe and also of the heart, the purification of the heart which tasawwuf and Sufism, whatever you want to call it, um, does allow us to question what we do in our lives and and that's really um, the solution to the question about Islamic decoloniality as well and Islamic decoloniality from patriarchy, all of these various things. Final comment uh, from Aisha Handle. Yeah, I just wanted to say finally that, you know, I'm going to use the term like woke because that's mm. what most people understand <laughs> as like all of us that are um, fighting these yes, yes. battles. Um, <laughs> I think it's really important that we need to bridge the divide between, uh, so to say, woke people and so to say, unwoke people. And, um, you know, a lot of the time it's like when you when you when you become aware of these things, you need to realize that it took a certain process for you to get there, mm-hmm. and you need yes. to understand that it's going to take a certain process for the next person to be there. And it's not you calling somebody out on something doesn't mean that they're going to understand exactly where you're coming from. It took you a while to get there, and it might take the next person a while to get there. And you need to also be patient yes. in that process and try and help them to get there in that process. Otherwise, this this divide between the two is only going to get bigger, and we're actually not going to achieve what we try to achieve. Absolutely. Um, That concludes our discussion tonight and join us next week of course for another discussion on a very important hot topic relating to young people. Um, But uh, after Ishai um, we will be talking to Siobhan Davids about Israeli Apartheid Week. Um, I'd like to thank my my guest in studio, the the wonderful um, Aisha Hamdulay, who is also my cute in politics at UCT. (laughs) Um, um, Of course Alia Vaez also from UCT and uh, journalist uh, at the Voice of the Cape um, Warda Wilkinson. Shukran Assalamu alaikum to all of you. Wa alaikum assalam.